0: Thanks for checking out this message from Coastal Community Church. We hope it's helpful and encouraging. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Coastal, glad you're here. Welcome in person, welcome those of you who are watching online. Thank you so much uh, for tuning in today. I don't know if you noticed or not today, but Scott, Pastor Scott, had a Pittsburgh Steeler pullover. I have a Coastal pullover, so uh, we know who's a little bit more spiritual around here. So, uh, Anyway, welcome, we're glad you're here. Uh, I'm serious, I'm really glad you're here because it's kind of the perfect trifecta to keep people away from church. It's a holiday weekend, uh, cold, rainy weather, and a spike in COVID numbers. But uh, you guys are here, welcome. And those of you who are watching online, again, wherever you're at, thank you so much for engaging with us. Hey, I got an announcement to make, kind of some exciting news uh, before uh, we begin with today's message. uh, now, I know most of you probably are already aware of this because you faithfully read my Friday Five, my email that comes out every week. So you already know the good news. So it's all about our Christmas offering. We had been in a Christmas offering uh, for the pr- prior nine weeks. And uh, we, we uh, had this, this is our ninth annual Christmas offering. And uh, this year was our biggest goal ever, uh, $125,000. Last year, uh, our goal was seven. And you guys generously gave like 116, 117. And I was like, wow, you know, like if I if I pick a hundred or you know, whatever, that doesn't seem like faith because you've already done that. So we went ahead and said, let's just jack it up and we'll uh, put a goal for 125000 Are you ready for this? You guys gave $144,000 to our Christmas offering, so uh, very exciting. So what are we gonna do with that money, Pastor Chris? We are going to Disney World. No, we're not going to Disney World, I'm just joking. Just joking. Uh, we are, uh, we're gonna uh, purchase an outfit, a second box truck to serve and love our community, and we're gonna be remodeling our old uh, auditorium, turn it into a chapel, again, to serve and love uh, our family our, our community and do great things here in Charleston so we're excited about all of that uh, hopefully in, in another week or two you'll get to see the second box truck we've already we've already purchased it and uh, have wrapped it and now we got to do all the other things that go along with it so we're excited um, about all of that thank you so much for your uh, for your consistent generosity so today we are in week three of this series all about the Bible called the word and uh, so far we've talked about the reliability of the Bible. Last week we talked about uh, the benefits of of reading the Bible, personal benefits and how to use it in your life. And uh, today we're going to talk about uh, developing the habit, the habit of a quiet time. Um, Our lives are shaped by our habits. Everything we do uh, basically is shaped by habits and the difference between successful people and unsuccessful people is that successful people establish certain habits in their lives that unsuccessful people um, are not willing to establish. Now, I believe the same is true in the Christian life. Dynamic, growing Christians who see God working in their lives, who see answer to prayer, who see things happening on on a regular basis, Build certain habits into their lives. Now, over the years, you know, I've been the pastor here at Coastal for 31 years now. So, over those years, I have talked to, listened to, and read about literally thousands of Christians. And I've come to a conclusion that in every dynamic believer that I know, they have several things in common, they have certain basic habits that they've developed in their life, that they follow, that have helped them to become effective. Now, you you know, there's a a huge emphasis right now, and rightfully so, on, you know, physical health, right? Physical fitness, physical health. Uh, But the Bible actually says that spiritual health, spiritual fitness is even more important Not that physical fitness isn't important, but even a higher level is spiritual fitness. So 1 Timothy 4, 7 and 8 from the Phillips translation. Listen to verse 7. First of all, it says this. Take time and trouble to keep yourself spiritually fit. Now, circle the words there. If you're taking notes today, I hope you are, circle the words time and trouble. Time and trouble. Because what we're going to talk about today takes... Time and trouble, time and effort, time and energy. But if you will do it, if you'll put this into practice, you will become spiritually fit, which is way more important in the long run than physical fitness. Look at verse 8. Bodily fitness has a certain value. It is important. It is good. But... Spiritual fitness is essential both for this present life and what? The life to come. The life to come. Now, how do I get spiritually fit? By doing spiritual exercises. Just like getting physical, phys- physically fit, you do physical exercises, right? So let me ask you a question. What are the basic ingredients to getting physically healthy? Physically fit. We all know them, right? We might not put them into practice, but we know them. In fact, we've we've heard them since like middle school health class, right? What are they? Eat right, exercise, and get what? Plenty of rest. In fact, raise your hand this morning if you have ever made a resolution around one of those three things: how you eat, how you exercise, and how you spend your time. We all have, right? Well, There are certain basic habits to being spiritually fit as well. Think about it. The habit or the discipline of prayer, spending time in God's word, giving, worship, fellowship. Now, why those? Why those habits? Think about it. Because they involve your time, your money, and your relationships, and so if you're willing to put God first in your time, your money, and your relationships, you're well on your way to becoming spiritually healthy, a healthy, growing Christian. Well, since as we've uh, you know, kicked off the new year, we're encouraging our entire church family and, and anyone really wanting to join us to read through the Bible in 2022. In fact, if you haven't signed up yet, it's not too late. Your year can start right now. So on the back of your Connect card, uh, check the box up top on the back. I'll read through the Bible in 2022. You can even do that online as well. So again, since we're encouraging and challenging everybody to do that, I want us to take some time today talking about developing the habit of a quiet time. In other words, Everything that we've talked about so far this year, all of it, it's been of no benefit whatsoever talking about the Bible and how it's reliable and and, uh, how it applies to everyday life unless at the end of the day it actually leads to you and I setting aside some time to be alone with God and to get to know him through reading the Bible and through prayer. It's been of no benefit if it doesn't lead to that. In fact, that's a great definition, a a pretty simple one, of a quiet time. Write that down if you're taking notes. A quiet time is, it's a daily time I set aside to be alone with God, to get to know him through Bible reading and prayer. So first of all today, I want to give you some reasons why your quiet time should be a priority in your life. And if you're already having a quiet time, this is just going to give you some assurance today, some encouragement. But if you're not, this is going to give you some reasons why. Okay, number one, we were created to have fellowship with God, fellowship. You know, the the Bible says that we were created in God's image and there is no other part of creation that has the privilege of communication and and fellowship with the creator. It's what we were made for. Revelation 3.20 says this, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and, we listen to this, we will share a meal together as friends. What's he talking about there? Fellowship. God's desire is to have that, to have that communion with us as human beings. Number two, Jesus died to make that relationship possible. He died to make it possible. 1 Corinthians 1.9, God is faithful, who has called you into what? Fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, when Adam and Eve sinned, and uh, that, that fellowship that that God created us for was broken. By the way, if you're reading through the Bible with, with us right now, man, that the beginning part of Genesis is pretty messed up, isn't it? I mean, so, so, sometimes I think we have this kind of Pollyanna view of the people in the Bible, the people in the Old Testament. I don't know about you, but man, if you're reading through this, you're going... These are messed up people. In fact, all week long, I've, I've been wanting to introduce my wife to people as my sister, right? Because, okay, if you, again, if you haven't have been reading, you have no idea what I'm talking about. But uh, Jesus died for that, for that fellowship with us. Uh, and, um, and the Old Testament is a reminder that that fellowship has been broken because of sin. Number three, personal time alone with God was Jesus' source of strength. It was his source of strength. Mark one thirty-five. very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Listen, if Jesus was in need of constant communication with God, and he was the son of God, how much more do you and I need that? That constant, everyday time with the Lord. Number four, every person who has been effective in service for God has developed this habit, All through history and all through the Bible. You know, think about it. We're given stories of David and Abraham and Ruth and Mary and Moses and all these, you know, great men and great women of God. And if you study their lives carefully, you see that they spent time alone with the Lord and they were effective in service for that reason. Number five, you cannot be a healthy, growing Christian unless you spend time alone with God. It's not just a suggestion. It's not just a good idea. It's really a necessity, a necessity. Matthew 4, 4, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Physical food, you know, is not enough to be healthy. You gotta have spiritual food as well. But physically, what happens if you go a long time without getting food, physical food? You get sick, right? Eventually, you'll starve and die. Well, the same is true with spiritual food. Intake of the Word of God keeps you healthy and strong. Now, do me a favor. Look back at your outline. Look at this list. So, if you don't have a quiet time... You're missing out on the privilege you were created for. You're rejecting the thing that Jesus died to make possible. You'll never be like Jesus and experience that that same power will never be used greatly by God, and you will remain a weak and sickly sickly Christian. I don't know about you, but that's motivation enough right there to have a quiet time, a daily time alone with God. So, let's get very, very practical today, and... Talk about how. How do I begin a quiet time? What might that look like? See, here's the deal. I want all of us today walking out of here, okay, in the building, online. I want everybody thinking to themselves, not only, hey, I should do that. Okay, that's not enough. I don't want you just thinking, I I should do this. I want you walking out of here today thinking, I can do this. And I am going to do it. So here are some very practical steps to developing, starting, having a quiet time, okay? Number one, it doesn't get any simpler than this. Select a time. Select a time. So the question I always get is, when's the best time to have a quiet time? Well, I think the answer is, the best time to have a daily quiet time is when I'm at my best. When I'm at my best. That's the simple rule of thumb. I think you ought to give the best part of your day to God. We shouldn't try to serve God the leftovers. So select a time when you're most alert and give that time to God. Now, I think I can make a pretty strong case for doing that first thing in the morning. Okay, you know, giving God the first part of your day. But I actually do think it's more important to give God the best part of your day when you're at your best. And there are some of you who, quite frankly, are not at your best in your morning. Okay, you're not. You know, you're, you're evening people, right? Now, what about this, though? Well, so, Pastor Chris, how long should that be? You know, how long should my quiet time be? I, I would suggest that if you're just getting started, just start with about 15 minutes. 15 minutes. And the reason I say that is because anybody can give 15 minutes a day to God. In in other words, don't go into it thinking, you know, I'm going to do this for an hour. Because if you do that from the very beginning, you'll just just get overwhelmed, you'll never get started, and you'll you'll just beat yourself up. I think it's better just to start with 15 minutes every day than it is to spend an hour every other week. The, The key is just consistency. You know, start with 15 minutes and then just let it grow. Now, I promise you, you'll understand what I'm talking about um, because 15 minutes goes so fast, right? It really does. But But spend 15 minutes a day with God and don't go to sleep until you've done that. But don't watch the clock, okay? You know, don't set a timer, don't do that. That'll ruin your quiet time faster than anything. Okay, you know, you're not going to have much of a relationship with Christ if you do that. I mean, if you went to your spouse and, you know, turned a timer on and said, okay, I've only got this amount of time to give you, and when it's done, you know, and you just kind of walked away, that would be terrible. Okay, so the idea here is just to emphasize quality, not necessarily quantity. Um, It's what you do with that time uh, that matters. Uh, Number two, choose a place. Choose a place. Luke twenty two thirty nine, 39. Uh, this whole passage here, by the way, is talking about Jesus going off with the disciples to pray. But just look at this one verse. Uh, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. Now I want you to circle the phrase there, as usual. As usual. What does that mean? It means it was a habit. A habit. Now, there's really only one important factor here that you need. Solitude solitude. You need to find a place where you can be alone. Now, for some of you, that might take some creativity on your part uh, because of your lifestyle. I know some people uh, who drive to work and they get there early and they sit in their car in the parking lot and they have their quiet time before they go in. I know people who have their quiet time outside in their backyard, in their garage. I know stay-at-home moms who have their quiet time in the bathroom because that's the only place they can find some peace and quiet and have some solitude. But you gotta find a place that's right for you. In fact, go back to Mark one thirty-five. What did it say? Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went to a what kind of place? Solitary place where he prayed, so you find that place for you. Number three, gather the resources you're going to need in advance. Gather the resources you're going to need in advance. And let's, let's talk about that, get really practical here. First of all, uh, get a Bible, right? That's the resource. Number one, with readable print. I mean, some Bibles are, are really nice to carry around with you in your purse. I used to have a Bible that I could put in my back pocket. It was kind of small. I would take with me to hospitals or other places like that. And, um, but I wouldn't suggest those types of Bible uh, for your quiet time. You know, you, you, you get up early in the morning or maybe it's late at night and your eyes are a little bleary. And uh, you need a Bible with readable print, readable print. So my suggestion is use a reliable, readable and understandable translation. Um, I'd personally recommend either the NIV or the NLT, New International Version, New Living Translation. And then another resource I think that I would recommend, um, get a notebook, um, a legal pad, uh, a pen, pencil, something to write down with that just, and what you're doing here is you're just, you know, writing down certain, you know, little notes or something, something that the Lord speaks to you. Or any thoughts that might come to mind. Uh, Prayer requests, praises. Uh, You might also want to listen to some worship music. So you get that prepared. You get your playlist ready or get a CD ready. You get it prepared. Uh, But again, the idea here, the important thing is that you gather it in advance. The idea is to be prepared. Let me ask you a question. Think about your, your daily routine, your day. How much smoother... Does your morning go, does your day go if the night before you get prepared, you know, you set out your clothes, you you set out the stuff that you might need for the day, you know, you go ahead and maybe prepare lunches, you know, get everything ready. How much smoother does things go that, that day if you do that in advance? Man, it goes so much better, right? Well, the same thing is true for your quiet time. If you're going to have a quiet time in the morning, if it's going to be a habit, if you're going to develop this, you got to go ahead and set aside the stuff, the resources that you're going to need the night before. I promise you if you do that, it'll go so much better. And it's also, by the way, just a little bit of accountability, just a little bit of a reminder that, hey, I'm going to do this. This is important. Number four, begin with the right attitude. The right attitude. Now let's talk about that. What are some right attitudes to have with a quiet time? First of all, reverence. Reverence. I'm talking about an awe for the Lord. Psalm 46:10. Be still and know that I am God. In other words, you don't just rush into God's presence. You prepare, you prepare your heart and your mind. You don't, you don't come to your quiet time like you're going to a, you know, a tailgate, you know, a, a football game. You, know. you have this attitude of, of, of reverence and awe. Uh, here's another attitude, um, expectancy. Expectancy, I think this is important. Psalm 119, 18, open my eyes to see the wonderful truths in your instructions. You see, when you come to that that daily quiet time with God, you come with this mindset, this this attitude. Lord, I expect that you're gonna talk to me today. I know, I believe, I expect that you've got something to say to me today through your word, through your spirit. You're gonna speak and I'm gonna listen. And that that leads me to the next uh, attitude here, an attitude of obedience. Obedience, John 7, 17. Anyone who chooses to do the will of God. will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. And, and the idea here is, of this attitude is, hey, you be willing in advance. You make that decision on the front end. God Even before I open this book, your word, I want you to know that I am going to do it. I am willing in advance to do whatever it is you want me to do. You're you're willing in advance to be a doer of the word and not just a hearer. Okay, so the right attitude, expectancy, reverence, uh, obedience. Number five. Follow a simple, consistent plan. Follow a simple, consistent plan. In other words, I just want to encourage you with this. Don't complicate it. Don't complicate your quiet time. Now, I'm not saying, don't, don't misunderstand this. I'm not saying that you, know, you can't get creative, and I know we have a lot of creatives here at Coastal, right? So I'm not saying you, know, you can't get creative. I'm not saying you can't try to mix things up. But what I am saying is this. Over the long haul, Okay, that's what it's all about. Over the long haul, simple consistency is the key. Now, let me give you a a simple plan just to help you get started, especially for those of you who've never attempted this before, okay? And this has been called just 15 minutes alone with God, 15 minutes with God, okay? Again, anybody can do this. Number one, just relax. (laughs) Okay, just relax, you know, that, that takes about a minute, right? Be still. Be quiet. Take two or three deep breaths. Prepare your heart. Prepare your mind. Slow down. Now, again, if, if you just got up, you know, yes, you don't want to relax too much or you might find yourself going back to sleep. By the way, I don't think your bed, laying in bed, is the best place to have a quiet time. I mean, can we all just raise our hands in a minute? How many of you have fallen asleep during a quiet time? All right, I have. I mean, it happens. If you're, especially if you're having a quiet time uh, in bed. I get up, but, but relax. Now, this also, I and mean, I probably could also add here, relax and focus, Okay, you might add that right there next to relax. Relax and focus. Because what I'm saying is that this might include whatever you need to do personally just to do that, to to wake up and to focus. Maybe for you that you do need to take a shower. Maybe it is you do have to wash your face. Maybe you get that cup of coffee, right? But you focus, you wake up, you relax, okay? Number two, read, read, read a portion of scripture. You know, spend five, ten minutes just, just simply reading. Now, let me give you some suggestions here. I think it's important that you read systematically, okay? Which is exactly what we're doing right now. You know, we're reading through the one-year Bible plan. What I'm saying is don't use the um, dip and skip method. We've all done that, right? What is the dip and skip method? That's where you, you get your Bible, right, and you just open it up. And then you go, you know, God speak to me right here. You you know, you just pick a particular, you know, Bible, book of the Bible, you know, a a verse. And I'm just saying don't randomly do that, you know. I'm not saying, you know, you can never do that and God's not going to speak to you. But I'm saying you're never going to be consistent with that. You know, pick a particular book of the Bible. If you're not doing what we're doing right now, reading through the entire Bible, pick a particular book and read through that. You know, read a a paragraph a day. Read a a chapter a day. Maybe you read through the Psalms and you read, you know, a Psalm a day or a proverb. But begin where you left off the day before. And, And it's not about, you know, how much you cover, but what is God saying to you? What's he saying to you? And when he speaks, maybe you stop and you think about it. You might write it down, which leads me to number three. Reflect. Reflect. I'm talking about meditating on God's Word here. You know, thinking about what this passage means to your life. Uh, Part of reflecting and, and meditating on Scripture is also memorizing verses that speak to you in a special way. So again, literally during this time, you're, you know, you're reading for five, 10 minutes or so, and then you're thinking about it you know, for, for another few minutes. For some of you, I would encourage you also to, to write for a couple of minutes. You know, write your thoughts down. You know, get a journal, get a notebook, write out an application, something that you're going to do based on what you've read. Now, I say some of you, you know, because some of you uh, are enjoy writing; others of you do not. By the way, I know some of you are thinking, "Yeah, but Pastor Chris, I'm not a reader." Well, it's so great right now; it's so easy. You can listen to God's word, Um, but if you're not a writer, I don't want to burden you with something else that might keep you from doing it. From having a quiet time, but man, it's so awesome that you know if you can during this time, just take a few notes, write down you know praises and prayer requests and what God's saying to you, and then you could go back and look at that you know later on. And then finally, number four here, um, pray, pray. You just conclude your quiet time by by talking to God. Now let me give you a few suggestions here that might be helpful. Uh, again, if you've never done this in, in your time of prayer, because again, if you've never done this on a consistent basis, um, when you start, at first it, seems, it can seem a little overwhelming and you don't really know what to say or what to do and you're a little scattered and then you end up not doing it. So again, the goal is today, I want everybody walking out of here thinking, not only should I do this, but I can Okay, and I will. So let's look at some of Jesus' suggestions uh, about prayer. Uh, Matthew 6, 5 through 8. This is what he said. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that's all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself. There it is again, that solitude. Uh, Shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them. For your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Now, let's look at some of the suggestions here. I think the first one has to do, again, with your attitude. What's he saying here? I think he's saying, hey, be real. Just be real. You know, don't try to impress others as the Pharisees were doing. You know, how many of you are the designated prayer You know, it's your family gatherings, right? And you almost feel this pressure of like, oh, I've got to say something really spiritual and impressive during this prayer. But he's saying here, hey, don't be like that. The Pharisees were people who would literally stand on the street corner, raise their hands and their face to the sky so that everybody else could see them and just try to impress people in a very public way. And the Bible says don't do that. And by the way, don't try to impress God either. You know, don't pray what you think God wants to hear. Remember, he already knows what's in your heart. He already knows your thoughts. You're not fooling him. Just open up your heart to him. That's what he wants anyway. He wants the relationship. He wants wants the time with you. And so when you're talking to the Lord, just talk. That's what prayer is, right? Just talking with God. It's conversation, it's a conversation between two people who love each other. You know, when when, when Janet, you know, wants something from me, she doesn't come to me and say, Oh, thou most honored of all people to walk planet earth, wilt thou bend thy ear to hear my cry? No, I do that to her, but, um, you know, no. We just talk, right? Because we have this, this love relationship. When you come to God, you just tell him what's on your heart. You talk to him as he's your friend. Now, for those of you, you know, who feel like you need a little bit more structure and, you know, just some help to to guide your mind or to guide your thoughts, uh, you know, of what to say to God, sometimes I think it is... Kind of helpful to use, you know, a little bit of structure. Here's a an acrostic that over the years a lot of people have found helpful in having a quiet time. Uh, it, it's the word uh, acts. Acts. The letter A stands for adoration. Adoration. Just just begin your, your time of prayer, praising God. Praising him for who he is. In fact, that's the same model that Jesus gives us in the Lord's Prayer. When he said, hey, pray when you pray, pray this way. Matthew 6, 9, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Holy is your name. Praise him for who he is. The letter C stands for confession. Confession. In fact, in the Lord's Prayer, again, Jesus said, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. So instead of just blanketly saying, God, forgive me of my many sins, well, why not ask the Holy Spirit to reveal them and talk about them with God and confess them and ask for forgiveness? And then if you're able and it's possible, maybe the Lord leads you to make restitution where you've sinned against somebody else and you need their forgiveness. And then accept God's forgiveness. How many of you, if you really thought about it, you know, could spend the whole 15 minutes just confessing sin, right? We all could. The letter T uh, stands for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, just thanking God for what he's done. You know, the A, adoration, is more about who God is and praising him for who he is. The T is thanking him for all that he's done. And, you know, sometimes there's obviously some overlap there, but, you know, maybe here, you, that's where you got that notebook or that legal pad, and you just make a note of, you know, a little list of the things that you're thankful for. You know, every day, and, and, and you review it. You know, when you pray, which leads me to S. The letter S stands for supplication 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 means request prayer request again back to the lord's supper i mean to the lord's prayer jesus prayed give us today our daily bread ask god to provide you know what needs can you pray for everything you know be specific pray about your day your family your children Pray for other people. Pray for me. Pray for your pastor. Pray for our church. Pray, pray for the people that, that you're reaching out to and building relationships with, that one in your life. Oh my goodness, pray for our country today. Pray for our elected officials, all of them, even the ones you didn't vote for. Pray for your coworkers. Pray for your health, your finances. Philippians 4, 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about what? What's the word? Say it out loud. Everything. Tell God what you need, and here it is as well. Thank him for all that he's done. So there you go. You can do it. That that right there is basically what a quiet time looks like. Now again, obviously, you know, as you grow and you develop as a Christian, as you talk and share with other believers, this habit in your life, it's going to grow and develop. And uh, you might do different things during different seasons. You might add variety. You might have different places and different times and different things. But again, in its basic form, this is what a quiet time looks like. So here's my question for you. Can you do it? Can you do it, Coastal? Yes, you can. You can. Now, I do want to close this morning um, by talking about a few other things that relate to having a quiet time. You know, so these are some questions and some things that people ask. You know, well, Pastor Chris, what if I miss a day or two or three or more? You know, first of all, don't beat yourself up. Don't go on a guilt trip. You know, when the devil comes to you and he says, you loser, you didn't have your quiet time today, you can retort back, Satan, did you have your quiet time today? You know, he did not. You know, you're going to miss from time to time. But just because you've missed a quiet time doesn't mean that your whole day, your whole week, your whole life is a flop now. You know, I I do realize that one of the dangers of just talking about this and sharing with people, you know, some suggestions for having a quiet time or, you know, kind of giving them a little outline or model to follow is that for some people, for some of you, you OCD types, okay, you can easily slip into legalism. And I think we need to be reminded that you and I live by grace, by grace. The idea is not, not to focus on the formula or the routine and and then miss out on the relationship. See, God wants you to know him and love him. That's the bottom line. And you got to figure out what that looks like and what works for you. And then my final encouragement is this. Just don't give up. Don't give up. You know, have you ever missed a meal? Ever? You know, what did you do afterwards? Oh, man, I'm such a loser. I'm never going to eat again. I don't think any of us did that, right? You know, you just started again. So if you've missed a quiet time, and you will, and you might have, you know, don't be blown away by it. Today is a new day. We live by grace. Galatians 6.9 says this. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Man, that's my prayer for you today. That you not get tired of doing what is good. You're not gonna give up. And that God is gonna bless your life because of this relationship, because of this habit you develop in your life. Bow your heads and pray with me, dear Heavenly Father, God. I do thank you for. I thank you for the quiet times in my life, that daily time alone with you, God. That uh, you know, I think about this church and, you know, all the things that w- we've done and and all the things that you've done, you know, through us and all these many years. And I humbly recognize that. Everything that this church has accomplished, everything that, every idea, every next step, every, you know, initiative, it was birthed out of a quiet time. And I thank you for that. And Lord, I just uh, pray for this church and those who are watching this here, listening in person, online. God, may we as your children just long for and desire to be with you. And I pray today we all walk out of here with a confidence that not only should I do this, but I really can and I will. And listen, you might be here today for the very first time and you didn't quite realize that God wants that with you, that he desires that relationship. Listen, he wants it so much that he was willing to take care of the thing that broke the relationship. And that's sin, yours and mine. And he was willing to go to such lengths, such measures that he sent his one and only son Jesus to die on a cross, to sacrifice himself, and then to come back to life, to prove his power over sin and death. And if you will just put your faith in him, that love relationship with God can be restored and it'll last from this life on into the next. Put your faith in him, now. Just say, Father, I believe. I do. I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he rose from the dead and he is alive. And I want to follow him. And I want to live in this love relationship with you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen." Thanks for listening. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, have a blessed day.